Today's episode is sponsored by Youmore. Youmore helps us better understand and uplift our mental health with instant screening, data tracking, insights, and targeted exercises. I've had the pleasure of having both co-founders on the podcast, and I really admire what they do and love their vision behind the company. Youmore is the AI-powered mental well-being tracker that helps you build positive habits, change behaviors, and share your progress with friends, family, and physicians. Youmore's vision is to make mental health as seamless and as accessible as possible. Its purpose is to act as a support and prevention tool and to provide you with the data and insights to help you develop an awareness of your current mental state and stress levels. The way it works is very simple. You download the app for free on your smartphone. You fill in a quick questionnaire that will assess how you're currently feeling, which will act as a starting point, and it will check in with you daily to track your well-being over time and so that you are able to see your progression day by day. Youmore also gives you access to many evidence-based exercises which are designed to help you live your happiest and healthiest life. The goal of Youmore is to be your friend, is there to help and support you in your mental health journey. And to find out more, you can check out their website at youmore.app. Hey guys, welcome to Hope It Helps. Today's guest is Greta Keza. Greta is a happiness and leadership coach and the head of customer experience at Mindvalley. She is the author of two happiness programs and is passionate about helping people solve their problems and guiding them to find the happiness they have always desired. During this episode, we discuss what it means to be truly happy. We talk about why many people struggle to find happiness and how we can all start to change our perspectives and take action by understanding that happiness is a choice. And the last message she wanted to share is to remember that happiness is within you and you just need to take a little time and choose to rediscover it within. Please welcome to the show, Ms. Greta Keza. Hey, thank you very much and thank you for having me here. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, I really appreciate it. So Greta, as we were just speaking before, uh, we connected through LinkedIn and I know you work at Mindvalley, which I think everyone on the podcast knows. By now, I'm a huge fan and I've had a couple of your colleagues on. It's been really awesome talking to them. Um, But I wanted to speak to you in particular because I thought the work you do is very uh, unique and niche as a happiness coach and because there's that's not a typical coach that you hear about. You hear about career, you hear about strategy, you hear about life whatever whatever the case might be but happiness is a very particular one and I think especially given everything that's happened with the pandemic and so on I think a lot of people are looking for happiness and what does that mean and how can we find it and so on so I thought I'd be amazing to have you on the show Um, but before we get into everything Greta why don't you give all of us a little bit of background about yourself and we'll take it from there yeah sure so I am a happiness coach and also uh, as a part-timer in Mind Valley currently, so I had a big shift uh, this September just recently, and I work there as uh, head of customer experience. Interesting thing, though, what I'm thinking now that when people ask about the background, right, or bio, like immediately others start talking about their career and only professional life. You know, like it would mean everything, but uh, that's that's the problem. That's that's why I talk about happiness, you know, because people tie everything to their job title, and I just did that as well. So, <laughs> besides what I I just said, so I'm I'm a Lithuanian uh, living in Malaysia for the past three and a half years, uh, happily married, uh, which is super super good, right? Important relationships are important. Always. Uh, and uh, well, I am in love with color yellow. So if anyone will be looking at this part of podcast somehow uh, virtually, they will see like visually, they would see that. 
And uh, what else about me? Well, I, I have been trying a lot of different things until I found myself. And I think my tipping point as a young adult was not university, but a student organization called ISET, where I tried so many different positions where I actually discovered that uh, working with people, overall people management, facilitation, coaching, training is what I really love. So that is, you know, a bit of uh, the background. And I guess that's it for now. I think we can dive deeper more, right? <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, thank you so much for sharing that with us. I just like, I was like, you know, for myself and the listeners to get an understanding, just who are we speaking to, you know, what's their background and how do we get to where we are today? So Greta, first of all, as a happiness coach, I guess the f- best place to start is, are you happy? <laughs> I am. <laughs> I love this question. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. And now, since you're happy, could you explain to us in your own words and describe what does it mean to you to be truly happy? Thank you for this question and for specifying to me, what does it mean to me to be truly happy? Because so often people ask me, what is happiness, Greta? And then I have to disappoint them, disappoint them saying that, I think it depends on all of us. So um, what happiness is for me is when I wake up in the morning with inner peace, knowing that I am living my life in the best way possible I can at that moment, no matter what happens, when I feel gratitude in my heart for what I have at that moment, and also I am excited for what the future is going to unfold. So I would say for me, happiness is this combination of the presence, meaning gratitude, and faith for the future that it's going to turn all right. And uh, other things like somebody told me, so, but how would you define it in other ways? And I would say that also happiness for me is a choice or even a lifestyle, because I do believe that I can choose that. So that would be for me. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I I really like how you described it for yourself. It's a it's a kind of a holistic view on what you like, what gives you happiness, you know, like happy to be where you are now, optimistic about where you're going and to have, I think you said it perfectly, inner peace. I think that's something I know I'm definitely trying to to get to as well. Uh, that that term peace, you just think like, ah, oh, <laughs> it would be so fun. Um, but one thing I was thinking about, you made a good point that everyone has a different uh, perspective on what happiness is. Do you think one of the issues people have and why they struggle to maybe be happy and find in quotation find happiness is that they might not have a definition of what it is to them. Yes, like uh, like I want to scream answering to this question. <laughs> I think this is the biggest challenge because we are being told by our parents, by society, by school, by social media, by LinkedIn, by podcasts, how we should live our lives. But what happens is just because we are so busy reading everything else around, we fail to make time to tap inside and ask ourselves, what actually is happiness for me? You know, what does it mean to me? How do I understand it? And I really think not having this definition or not having this clarity, not necessarily putting it in words, but describing this feeling, you know, what is this thing for me? Uh, Not having it, not going to lead anywhere well. 
And I think this is the reason why we try to achieve so many different things in terms of doing, 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 career, profession. Um, and we're still thinking like, why the heck am I not happy if I'm achieving all of this? Well, that's because that maybe not these things are making you happy. So I would say it's a yeah. huge problem. Yeah. Um, I think you made a good point about how the like the lack of definition we start looking at. I think you, you the words you used were interesting that we look at work, we look at profession, we look at career because we attribute, I guess, a lot of us attribute work profession to money, which means success, which means happiness. You know, that seems to be the oh, the general uh, formula. But I guess there's like you said, and listening to your definition, there's more things and maybe simpler things that can make you happy that maybe you haven't thought of. And that's why we keep trying to do this. Oh, will this make me happy? Will that make me happy? But you said something which I've heard before um, in the, uh, when you said that happiness is a choice. Now, mm -hmm. I that is a tricky one for me. I understand it I, and I do agree with it. But if I if someone came to me and was like, Khalid, um, I don't I'm not I'm unhappy. I want to be happy. And I told them, OK, happiness is a choice. First of all, I think they'd be a bit confused. Like, well, I didn't I never even knew I had the option to choose that. But second, let's say they agree that let's say they understand, OK, happiness is a choice. How do you start to choose to be happy, number one? And how do you actually start? How does you actually start genuinely feeling happy? Mm -hmm. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I think I do. Let's see. <laughs> um, so I do agree that this is a tricky one because this can also come across um, in the entitled way of, let's say, if the person is unhappy and not feeling well and somebody else says, you know, like, just choose to be happy. This is so easy. So I'm not talking about this part, right? Which I think is yeah. pretty negative. And this comes to toxic positive, positivism. What was the word for that? Toxic positivity. positivity. Toxic positivity, right? Which I'm not talking about here. So I don't know why. Um, so, so what happens here is how to choose that happiness, right? And I really agree with you saying that people get confused firstly by oh i can yes you can you know as we're choosing to you know dress up in a certain way we can actually choose the intention for the day to see more good than bad i'm not saying to ignore the bad i'm not saying to pretend that everything is perfect i'm just saying to see more good because looking from uh, you know scientific human perspective our brains are wired to see the negative so this is what happens. And that's why naturally as human beings, we're kind of choosing uh, subconsciously to see the negative, to see the danger, to see something that is not good. So the first step for sure would be increasing awareness. How to do that? There are simple things, you know, what we can do and simple exercises that I do with my clients as well. One, of course, is gratitude. And I wouldn't even start with that. I think we can Google 3,000 benefits of practicing gratitude. Just the key here, what I want to emphasize is practicing gratitude. Not knowing that it's good, not reading just about it, but actually practicing. But second thing that can even be easier to start with, and I think everyone who's listening can adapt it here and now, is simply at the end of the day to find, let's say, 10 Nice things that happen today. 10 things that make you feel lighter, happier, more fulfilled, inspired, that were beautiful. They can be tiny, tiny or super huge. 
like it doesn't cost you almost anything, just the mindfulness. But what happens, and I love this so much, is if we keep practicing it from day to day, not only in the evening we remember and notice, notice good things and feel happier because of that, but next days our brains are already scanning. Hey, in the evening, I'll need to write down those 10 things. What is good around me? What is good? And then we actually start seeing it. Because this is the thing, I think sometimes we're walking with these like kind of dirty glasses. Let's see now, I'm wearing glasses, right? Dirty glasses, and we simply don't see the colors. And this is where I talk about the choice, that we can clean the glasses a little bit, put emphasis on our awareness and say, hey, is there anything good actually at the moment, right? And starting from there, I think that could be a very beautiful beginning. And then we would take it from there. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, I love the analogy you just used about it's like we're walking around with dirty glasses and we can choose to you know clean them and see the color. I think that's a beautiful analogy and really like sums up what you were talking about. So gratitude, obviously, is something that, like you said, there's 10 million articles about and like the benefits of it and so on. And um, I noticed for me, even for myself, when I started doing that, that it did help. It definitely did help because... Especially when like you have on a good day, it's easy. You're just happy. You're buzzing, you know, so like you don't really feel the need to be grateful. But Mm -hmm. on the tough days when it's like, oh, today's been terrible or that client or this work or that stress or your relationship, whatever that might be, it really helps just kind of bring things down, kind of just relax, relax you a little bit and to take account or awareness, like you perfectly put it, that there is good things that did happen today. It was not all a disaster. It wasn't all terrible. Um, I'm curious when shifting, just shifting off topic slightly, but do you think, because as we said before, everyone has a different definition for happiness, right? But do so in terms of the things like the things we just talked about that anyone can do and that will help them when you're working with different clients how do what do we have to tailor that's maybe more towards them in particular can you rephrase the question yeah so in terms when we're trying to i guess coach when you're trying to coach someone uh, to to be more happy and so on you'd advise them to do things like uh, you know, the gratitude, you know, all that kind, all those kind of, you know, exercises and so on to get them started. And then afterwards, is there a point where it goes from being a general, the a general things you would uh, ask any client to do to become something now more specific and targeted to help this particular client find the happiness that they want? Okay, love it. Uh, very good question. I would say yes. And so what happens, especially because I mostly, uh, you know, coach and happiness, people in groups, in my group programs. And what happens there is actually that when people come in groups and they notice that same things can be differently perceived by others, they have a very beautiful perspective for their own happiness, that it's okay or it's normal to have your happiness this way. And there are differences in people. Uh, So what happens, let's say in programs usually, that I do give a certain list of daily potential habits to try for seven days make them journal reflect analyze how does it work how does it affect people right and we go through there and what happens there is people um, 
what happens is that people react to these habits differently. And then there are bigger exercises that are reflection based. So starting from, you know, describing your relationships, all the relationships that you have impact on you, like how you foster them or not. And then these kind of exercises help people to actually have very tailored answers. So what I love saying is that I would never want to be called happiness teacher, right? Or happiness lecturer, Mm. because I don't believe that I can teach happiness. I believe strongly that I can give tools, practices, my coaching support, reflection exercises, and like potential to reflect what people are saying, right? Reflect back with my words, with my summaries. And then they discover what's that for them. So this is where all these differences come along. And the next part is, I guess, I would call it like the core exercise, (laughs) the core exercise that I'm using. Maybe I'm thinking about oxytocin, you know, also one of the happiness promotes exercise. Uh, It's called happiness wheel of life. And when people do it and when we look holistically into their happiness, when they look in different areas of their life, and they kind of draw a very interesting wheel. They, they put certain marks. They could put their expectations. They put how they feel there, how they want to feel. Uh, this gives very beautiful picture on how this big happiness, holistic happiness looks for each and everyone. And from there, then they can have their different and individualized steps taken. Gotcha, gotcha. No, that makes that makes a lot, a, a lot of sense. I love how you describe that you give people a list of habits to practice for seven days. And I think you made a great point that, and which I didn't consider that everyone will react to those differently. You know, there might be some things that they like, some things they don't like, some things that really work for them, some things that didn't. And I like how in your group settings that everyone's kind of sharing what they're trying to do and what happiness means to them and so on, or what, how they would define happiness. And I think perspective on anything is so important because you can look at some that's why for example i love doing this podcast because every topic or everything i've discussed on the podcast i've had a perspective of it before we had a conversation and then after i speak to someone i'm like okay now i can see it completely differently so you know having perspective is could be a game changer and make you really appreciate like oh why does that make that person happy could it be that can it be that simple why am I, you know, why do I think it's so complicated and so on? But could I think I, that's a, those exercises are great. Could I add one thing? Just I remembered one very yeah. concrete example. Yeah, yeah. So there was one participant. Um, so we had the, the situation where the suggestion was to actually incorporate more meditation into the life or more at least mindful pauses. And after a few days, this person is telling me, Greta, I think meditation is not for me. Is it possible? And like, it can be, you know, try more and see how it goes. And then again, she's like, I don't like it. Like, it doesn't go this way. How can I change, you know, this, this exercise? So I told her about well, potential walking meditation, where you simply, you know, walk, observe the nature, you become mindful, etc. But the interesting thing happened in the group coaching session, where she shared this, she's like, guys, I think meditation is not for me. And all articles are screaming that meditation is good. You know, sit and meditate and you will be more peaceful, happier, etc. And then just as a joke, as a note, I said, well, what do you think? My husband, I think, never meditated. And I think he's still pretty happy. 
And she's like, wait, the husband of a happiness coach <laughs> never meditated, so I'm okay? I said, I said, of course you're okay. So not everything what media writes we have to do, we should do, because maybe it's not aligned to us at this moment. Maybe we're not ready or not ready yet, or just not for us. So this is a beautiful example where, as you said, uh, perspective matters and individualized approach really matters because we all are okay. You know, we don't have to be perfect or do everything how blog posts are saying. <laughs> I really, really love uh, that example. And it's, it's so true that especially with things like mindfulness, with things like um, happiness, with things like gratitude, everyone, there's so, so much information out there. And is it all positive? Yes. Does everyone need it? And even, actually, you saying that makes me even think, I'm like, oh, maybe not everyone needs it. I know I need it for me, but that, that, <laughs> that's fine. But I think to remember that it's fine an individually tailored approach that's what's most important find out what works for you find out what you like find out what you think is going to help you and just keep and obviously you have to do this through experimentation and keep trying like i have people that have told me when it comes to meditation it's so funny they're like oh i meditated once it didn't work i'm like do you know how many do you know how many times i i tried to meditate and it was a disaster how many different types of meditations i've done how long everything you know i just kept going until i found something that worked for me uh, coming back to happiness, uh, now that you're ha and as your, as a happiness coach, and working with the clients or the people that you've worked with, do you see some people have? Is there a common like misconception about what happiness means and being happy that you found working with people or from the people that you've spoken to, or in general, what do you think some of the misconceptions about uh, that people have on happiness are? It's a huge yes. I remember when I started this and started talking to people and researching more and, you know, asking them questions, um, I realized that we human beings are, and I'm very sorry for everyone, not that unique in terms of misconceptions, you know, because we are affected probably with similar external factors. And this is how these misconceptions come to the place. So some of them are, and I think one of them you mentioned that success equals happiness. Adding certain, like not adding, but checking certain checkpoints or check marks that, you know, society gives. And the very, very simple one is uh, finish school, finish university with good grades, get a job, find a partner, get married, then have kids, you know, have a house, maybe travel sometimes for one week, you know, all the standard package. We are being promised that this is what will lead us to happiness because this is called so-called success. So I think this is the huge lie <laughs> it's a huge lie we are being told constantly by media people society and everyone and this is what happens that we start chasing and, and we are realizing that wait a second i achieved this but this didn't really bring me joy or happiness so i went through that myself in 2017 and uh, i learned a huge lesson that um, happiness is not equal to success you know, or like more or less like success is not equal to happiness because I think now when I'm happy, I am successful, but not other way around. Uh, so that's one misconception, right? Um, second one is focusing everything and it's a similar one to professional life and um, putting your identity under your company brand or job title. 
and presenting yourself as your job as I did. <laughs> um, but you see, I learned it. I'm trying my best to learn. Uh, but basically that if I'm happy at work, that's good. If I'm not happy, that's it. Life is over. So, so that is also one of, one of the things where people don't see different areas of their life. And that's why we're working to actually see, is there work only? Or you have maybe five more, six more, or 10 more areas of your life to, to look at. Um, think, ah, and one more, I, feel, I mean, there are so many, but one more, which I feel sometimes uncomfortable about when I go and speak to people, especially when I'm not kind of, you know, invited by person by person, but let's say there is like, Greta, lead a lecture or, or like a seminar on happiness to these people. And when I come to them and they're not kind of ready and I start talking about happiness and they're like, oh, so happiness is unicorns and rainbows. So Greta, now you're saying to us that we have to smile all the time, jump in the air and just pretend everything is fine. And then they become usually very ironic because they're thinking that word happiness means that everything is just perfect. And maybe this is how this word is being used overall. But again, the question is, what is it for you? Can a person be angry at someone and still be a happy person in his or her life? I think yes. Do I sometimes cry? Yes, but that doesn't make me unhappy person on a grander scale. Because I think there's this mixture about momentarily happiness and overall happiness. I still haven't found the term call it properly, but I'll, I'll try. I'll find one day when I'm writing the book, maybe. But this like in the moment or like overall. So I think these emotions can go together. I hope I answered your question and didn't talk too much. No, please talk as much as you want. This is your show and I, you're the expert. Sure. So I want to learn we, and we, we all want to learn uh, from you. But so many things you said that I'm like, like that I resonated with. One is people have this idea that I think happiness is like you're, everything's perfect. And at the same time, what you said about you, people, I think there's a misconception that people have that how could I feel angry or upset or frustrated if I'm happy? A happy person doesn't feel these things. Even for example, even if I'm being honest, even where I am right now in my, my own life, I'm like, am I happy with who I am? Absolutely, I love myself. And that's not saying song in a cocky way. I just love who I am. But at the same time, are there areas, other areas in my life that I'm not the happiest about? Of course, hundred percent. You know, uh, where I want to be. Uh, other, you know, many different, many different things. But so I think it's very important to be able to distinct to distinguish between I can be happy and still like react and live life as anyone anyone else would. It doesn't change anything you know it's just those are emotions that come those are stresses that come but at the end of the day i think finding the way i say happiness is a foundation mm -hmm. and then everything else is kind of what life throws at you that's up in the air what do you think does that sound do you resonate with that i love it i really love it and i think maybe we can even look for different synonyms for that you know like living your life to the fullest living according to your purpose feeling like whatever you are doing, not, not necessarily in professional life, right? Matters, uh, fulfillment, contentment, uh, inner peace. We can name it in so many, so many words, 
I simply chose happiness because I think it's the easiest recognizable and we can kind of wrap it around. But I really, I really resonate with you because I even sometimes get these comments. My husband loves telling me this. If I like, if I'm like grumpy sometimes and says something to him, like, oh, no, 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 he's like, oh, why aren't you positive? You're a happiness coach. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of get a slap on my face. And my, my parents do that as well. Like, oh, so you coach people to be happier, right? And I'm like, yeah, it's not that coaches are better at life. Coaches are better at coaching. Let's, let's put that, you know, uh, there. And of course, I want to practice what I preach and I do. But me being annoyed by something doesn't make me a happy person or a bad person, right? It's, it's perfectly normal. So uh, what you described resonates to me so much. And I think sooner we realize that, more freedom we can give to ourselves and be more gentle in our inner chatter. Yeah, I think you said that last word that you said is perfect. More uh, gentle because I I think that comes also back to, okay, this can go into so many different ways, but it comes back to accountability and so on and all that kind of stuff and holding yourself accountable and the responsibility and I'm not I'll get sucked into that because I love talking about that so I'm just going to try to keep us <laughs> keep us on track. Um something you said uh in your LinkedIn live which I really liked but I would I wanted to understand more of what you were what you were talking about. You said and I think it's so it's a great thing to hear that you don't have to wait till like you're in such a bad place or like things are so negative for you to change that. You know, you could be and that was that was something that kind of made me think about things. I'm like, oh, you could be you could be like content and happy, but that doesn't mean you couldn't be happier and more fulfilled and so on. So that why, you know, you don't it doesn't have to be bad for you to change it. It can be positive and you can still change it for something even more positive. But you also said that that doesn't always have to be a safe alternative. And that's the part that I was like, hmm, okay, let's let me let me let me understand what Greta's talking about and then I wanna dive into that a little bit more. Sure, sure. I think that was related to those two misconceptions or reasons why people thought I'm I'm going part-time, right? So yeah. yeah, about the perfection versus like happier or or not or leaving the place that is not really bad, but just okay-ish and, and heading to what's better. I think people don't do that enough maybe even in relationships right or jobs as well or or places where they live they some of people don't even question can they become better or like can they feel better rather i would say uh, but let me you know get into the second point that that surprised you a little bit about the safe option what I noticed from my experience, my personal experience while making changes in my life and also working with different people and generally talking to, to my friends, right, and colleagues, is that people don't take um, a step unless they are, I don't know, 90% sure that this is correct or the other alternative is going to be better. So what happens is that they end up keeping that current situation because it's safe known, comfortable, instead of going for something that can be maybe much better, but unknown, uncomfortable, and not yet safe. And uh, I see that so many times in relationships. Let's say when people, and I don't want to become a relationship coach. I think it's a very difficult thing uh, to do, but just the examples. And I know from also my friends' experiences, my own in teenage years, 
that you know you better stay with the partner that you're like ah, i don't really like it it's bad or even toxic relationship instead of going to be on your own to be single for a while just because being the fact of being some single scares you so much so you don't have safe alternative you have no clue whether you will feel good there or not so you'd rather stay where it bothers you or you don't really feel fulfilled but you at least know what to expect does it does it make sense yeah yeah no that makes a lot of sense i think the i think you touched on it very well that the i think the fact that it's unknown i think it's a big one that a lot that makes you feel <clears throat> super uncomfortable to take that step especially if, if you're thinking of like leaving leaving a job to start a business or so on that's going from something like i love that example because it's something that's so quotation marks on paper it's very secure so you're going to something that is and is anything but and there's doubts and there's so many other things that <clears throat> that fall into that and i think that's a that's a that's a very valid point that that is a reason why a lot of people maybe don't take a leap or take that chance and it's not and because of that they stay in something that's not necessarily may not necessarily be good for them or something that they could an op- they might miss an opportunity because of that you know i guess that fear so i think you explained it really really well i'm curious in um your and so your story i know recently you decided to go uh part-time and i love to i'd love to because i mean i remember you mentioned it wasn't aligned with where you were trying to go so but you also mentioned the live that it was a scary decision so it's not like oh you decided to go part-time and it was easy and stuff so i don't want people to think that it because all the things we just talked about you probably experienced it before you took you know this decision so um, could you tell us the story behind it like how long did it take you to get to that decision how did like it start and how's it been for the past month now that you are working part-time okay okay so long story short 30 years ago <laughs> no <laughs> i was born <laughs> no, um, okay I'll, I'll actually we'll go a bit back to the memory line yeah that uh, yeah. i remember the time when i got a dream job at the age of 23, which was the in-house corporate trainer. Oh my God, I don't know how they hired me, why they made this decision. You know, 23 years old girl going to teaching people how to live. That's crazy, but I got it. I went there, that was awesome. Besides that job, because it was very corporate job, I had a lot of different activities where I was, I feel I was fulfilling my potential, which was volunteering, uh, attending Toastmasters Club and competing in, in various international uh, competitions on public speaking. Then, uh, you know, going to schools, uh, teaching something to children. So there were so many different projects and things I was doing after my work. I love my work, but what I did after was also cool. So then when we had the... Uh, when we had our uh, big change of life, my husband in 2017, when we quit our jobs, very good jobs, we got married, we bought one way ticket to the United States of America for our honeymoon without knowing what we're going to do after. Um, I was realizing and thinking, what should I do? What should I not do? That was a tipping point in my happiness journey, to be honest. And I think I'm standing here just because of, of that decision. And uh, then I thought of applying to Mind Valley because at first I thought, well, Mind Valley is like Google, too good to be true for somebody else, not for me. That was my understanding. But when I saw my friends working there, I'm like, oh, if they can, I can too. <laughs> At least to try. So sure. I applied, and Mind Valley became everything to me. 
because you see what happens that when we move to Malaysia, to Kuala Lumpur, it's totally different country, right? Everything is different. And still, I even, like, I got my husband by my side, but still, I didn't have my friends, my family, everything was new. So my valley became my everything, my work, my lifestyle, my hobby, my parties place, uh, my social network, everything. And I feel I was like soaked in so much by choice, but later, you know, unconsciously. And I really loved it, right? I didn't need any extracurriculum activities. That was everything all day long, weekends, uh, the same people. And that was amazing. Uh, however, I was in the field where I haven't planned being at all. I got the job as customer support agent. And I remember me coming from being in-house trainer and training more than thousand of people, you know, on soft skills, coming to customer support job. It wasn't a bad thing. Some people said it's a step back. I think that was step aside, you know, like not aside, but to the side. Yeah. Um, I loved it, but I thought I'm going to stay there three, four months. Well, three and a half years passed. I'm still around this area, <laughs> right? But I think this happened yeah. because I got the chance to actually lead the team and lead the whole department very early, which I love doing. And that was my main motivational factor. However, I started thinking more, especially when pandemic hit and asking myself, oh, I have more time. What is happening with me? So I'm socializing less with those people. We have less maybe social events, uh, maybe parties, maybe culture days. How am I feeling? And this is the key in happiness, I think. Start ask like sometimes ask yourself, are you okay? It's not like for that, so that you create negative scenarios, but so that you understand. And I started asking me, like, am I fulfilled? Am I am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Am I doing what makes me alive the most? And I'm like, damn it, something is missing. I love my team. I love challenges. I adore Mind Valley mission. I even like working with customers, like I really love it, right? Directly and indirectly, but it's not my thing, you know? I realize it's not my thing. And I was thinking, what should I do? I love talking about leadership, etc. And then one friend of mine asked me, it was 2020, April 2nd. I think I'll always remember. She asked oh, wow. me, Greta, have you ever thought of becoming a happiness coach? And I was like, what? <laughs> what is this thing? <laughs> like, anybody says that? She's like, yeah, even on LinkedIn. I'm like, on LinkedIn, people say they're having a coach. That's nonsense, you know? <laughs> it's so professional. <laughs> but, well, um, see where we are now. But why I'm telling, like, such a long story, and I hope this makes sense so that it goes in, into the, into the, how to say, into the logic, is because I started doing something with coaching with happiness long back, without naming it. And when I started realizing that this is something that I love, I started taking conscious actions and I started creating my first program and having uh, first uh, pilot beta clients. And I realized, damn, this is working. And I love doing it. And I started comparing days when I would be work working solely on Mind Valley or on weekends on my happiness coaching. And I'm like, damn, this is the feeling. I want to have more of what I get from happiness coaching. So that was one part that I was feeling more aligned in the moment, more aligned with my mission. But also what I now think I was overworking as hell. I was waking up in the morning, working on my happiness coaching, working on Mind Valley evenings, 
happiness coaching, weekend happiness coaching. I simply realized it's not sustainable long-term and I want to take care of my body as well to sustain me. So I needed to make this decision, but that was very scary. That's a fantastic story. And very long one, I'm right? So ha- <laughs> no, but that's, but I, I love the detail in it because that's when I, I like people when they, when they're explaining why they took such a big decision. I like to know all as many details as possible because then once you get to where you are now, which is the ending of it, you have a much, you have a completely different idea of why they made that decision. And it makes it so much more relatable to anyone else, you know, listening to this as well. Um, I think, uh, first of all, I don't know how you and your, you and your husband decided to just all of a sudden, like, quit your job in 2017 and let's take a one-way ticket. I I know for a fact I can't do that. So I commend people who can't because that's literally... Di- I can go into unknown a little bit, but like, I can't dive in. Like, that's just that's just, that's just not me. Um, but then to find, you know, Mind Valley and see... Um, it sounds, from the sounds of it, you've had a fantastic time there. But like you like you like myself like so many people i've spoken to recently actually on this podcast the pandemic was kind of that like just that smack to the face to make you like take a step back and be like okay what how did i get to this point in my life how did i get to where i am and to actually question and start asking yourself all these things like you said it's so important to ask yourself am i okay am i happy is this what i want to do is this not what i want to do is this where what's my vision for what i'd like to do all these questions like you correctly said is not to make you feel negative about it it's just to make you more aware and to actually challenge yourself to be like oh maybe this isn't and similar to you when i started the podcast when i started and i'm as a hypnotherapist now as well i was looking for like what what would fulfill me that was the question because I used to do sales and I love people, but I just hated sale, as selling. I'm like, ugh, no, um, that's not for me. I'd rather use my, the, like, just speak to people in a much more relaxed way and enjoy and learn from them and so on. Um, but that's, an, that's, a, that's a really, really awesome story. So now you've been off it for just uh, about, I believe, a month. How do, you, how do you feel? How have you felt this past month? Okay, I wish I could tell you Oh my God, everything is perfect. I made the best ever. <laughs> and it just things flow, money flow, you know, because I work on yeah, yeah. I'm so cool. Well, um, let's say reality is a bit different. If I could turn the time back, I probably would have taken decision to do this in October. Why? Because okay. of circumstances, due to the fact that now it's the end of quarter, performance reviews, everything. And I have a lot of work <laughs> on Mind Valley side. But also, I was packing and saying goodbyes and doing last things in Lithuania for the summer. So my mind was like around the documents, you know, home quarantine fixing, flights, etc. So I really didn't have this peaceful state of mind to work properly on my business. So that's why I can't say, you know, it's according to my perfect imagination or expectations. However, do I regret? I don't know. And even though I can't say that the big win is I launched the program or did this or like sold so many clients, I don't know, clients, tickets, you know, to my programs. But the biggest win is that I am much more peaceful. I have time to rest. I have time to play. And generally, 
I feel aligned, even though a lot of scary inner demons are still trying to reach me, self-doubt, you know, hesitation, etc. constantly work in progress all the time. But I'm very, very happy I made the decision. And, um, you know, people don't say that a lot because it might sound as bragging, but I'm very proud of myself. And uh, I think what we sometimes fail to do as human beings is to express gratitude towards ourselves, to express appreciation, not for what we achieve, but for our courage, for our efforts, because that is so important. And I think that can be the base of actually happiness, how we talk to ourselves, what we tell to ourselves when things don't go right. And that we measure ourselves by, you know, efforts and willingness instead of results and accomplishments. Um, I, I'm going to snip out that last like 30 seconds to a minute and just post it all over the place. I love the way you described it. I really appreciate and respect the, the honesty that you're like, yeah, it's not, you know, the perfect thing that, you know, you think it was going to be. Reality is a little different. Um, but the most important thing that I took from everything you said, and this is something that I try to do as well, or to live by, is to have no regrets. I made this decision whatever consequences, whatever things happen as a result of it is fine, but not to look back and be like, ah, I wish, are there, in hindsight, when you, like, like you have, would have been better to do it a month later? Yeah, okay, maybe, but it's, again, it's just not, it's not the, you know, it's not the end of the world and it's fine. This decision would have been done anyway. So, so that's all good. Um, and I'm, the words you said of how you're feeling now, things I would have, what I was expecting to hear, which is more rested, uh, maybe more peace, more peaceful, and I guess, you know, more time to play, but uh, the way I take that is you have more flexibility to manage things how you would maybe, you would, you would rather want to compared to having, you know, a full, full-time job and doing the, the leadership coaching. Um, one more thing you mentioned on the LinkedIn Live, which I really liked, um, and I didn't really think about, is how in any situation, typically, we have about five options. So we have, we can struggle and complain, we can surrender or accept, adapt or change it, improve or impact it, or leave now. Yeah. Why is it so, we've all, when we all do this, and everyone in the world has done this, and it takes time to, you know, take more accountability and take more uh, ownership into whatever choice you decide to <clears throat> decide to make, but why is it so easy for all of us? Then our natural thing is to just struggle and complain rather than a more productive approach. We might still do the productive approach, but a lot of times we might have to complain a bit, <laughs> complain a bit first. Yeah, like actually, I sometimes do that too. And uh, like, and, and I hear it from my do. team, and then we're like complaining, complaining, and I'm like, okay, so what do we do about it? So if we yeah, don't yeah. come up out of this complain with a little action step, I'm not saying solution, little action step. I think that's bad. You know, but when you do, like, sometimes we need to just vent, right? Like, it's needed to 100%. ventilate. But the question is, are we coming with something out of that? And answering your question, why is it so easy? Well, because it's easy. We don't need to think anything else. What we do is we take what we already know, we take the situation, and we just change the words around. We put synonyms, and we just play in our head with those words. We don't need to think anything else. We don't need to invent. It's just like so easy and maybe now i'm having the thought that well it's like this um feeling that i said before and we talked about before 
when you don't want to change what is not really good just because it's comfortable. Mm. Maybe again, it's, it's much more comfortable to sit on the couch and complain about the world and yourself rather than stand up and go do something about it because this requires additional effort or this requires additional movement or change of the status quo. So I guess, I guess that's why this is how it comes. Yeah. I think I think you I think you hit the nail on the head. It's and you said it. And it's it is easy. It's very easy for me to just <laughs> to just sit and complain like, oh, this person did this, or oh, this client, or oh, my partner, whatever the case might be. Like, and it does take a lot more effort to be productive about it because you need to not only think of something productive to do, you also have to get yourself uh, out of that you know, out of yeah. that complaining vibe to like think and then like to you know to uh to move forward exactly exactly and like i don't know i think the key here is just to ask ourselves do we want to stay here longer not in uh, that complaining state like do we want to yeah. be here like do, do we like being here because if yes it's okay keep going there are no rules i mean there are but there are no rules we live by our own rules it's the same with those emotions that we sometimes call negative, right? I think maybe they're not negative. They're just different emotions like anger, sadness, irritation, hatred. We can feel them. We don't have to pretend that they're not here. But after some of the time, we can say, do I want to stay in this state a bit longer? Or maybe I want to get out of there. And I think that's that's the key. This is where proactiveness comes. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, I, I love how you said do I how long do I want to stay here? I think that's a great, great uh, question to get you thinking and to get you to get you moving. Another one that I like to use is, uh, again, I, I use it when I can, <laughs> is how, how is, um, how is this is me staying here serving me? Is it I'm a, is there any positive or any benefit I'm getting from this? No, all right, it's time to move our ass and you know, get out of here. It's time to move forward. Um, Greta, I want to be conscious of our time, so I just have uh, three more questions for you. Number one is, so I took a, I was looking on LinkedIn, and I know you're also a, a leadership coach as well, and I was looking at the um, the uh, recommendations that your t your previous, you know, team members have given you, and they were all raving reviews. So I'm like, okay, so Greta does something that that maybe a lot of people are not doing. So how would you, I guess, describe your leadership style if you had to? <laughs> I thought you're going to ask me, how did you force them to? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, the way they're written, the, you can't force that kind of writing. <laughs> uh, thank you. I don't know. I know there are so many, uh, you know, books or styles that people say. I think my premier value in leadership is honestly care for people. I don't know if it's caring leadership or how to call it, but I think you can be firm and care for people. You can be nice and happy and fluffy sometimes and care for people. You can give very direct, constructive feedback and still care for people. That's why I love radical candor so much. So I think if you see the person behind the title, and if you do understand the context that this person has life, has health, has relationships, has this happiness wheel of life, <laughs> uh, then 
when you talk to, or when I talk to these people, I don't even think of the strategies because I know I care and whatever needs to be said or done will be said or done, but I will do it making sure that I'm honoring them as human beings. And do you feel that because, uh, like the way you said, you can be firm, but you can still care. You can be, you know, you can give very direct uh, criticism and feedback. And is have you found that be, when you approach it from that from in that way and let's say for example in a situation where you need to be quite harsh for something something that has happened do you feel that the your your team members or the 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 people you're managing do they do you see have you seen do you see them react to it differently like if you look at how they react to the situation and then think what if i was like really like mean about this and really didn't like wasn't empathetic you know towards them do you, have you noticed that you've had a it's a more a more a, I guess receptive reaction a more positive reaction from them? I want to believe that yes. You know, of course, I can't go inside okay. their heads, and uh, I don't want to yeah. kind of guess. But from what I'm observing, it seems that yes. Um, and then I think that people are way more willing to bounce back or bounce forward out of certain situations when they know that. Yeah, they clearly know that it's something that is not good. You know, something is not working, but my leader cares for me to succeed. So I think this is this is the key. And um, yeah, I think that that's the thing that I'm I'm basing my, you know, leadership and, and decisions and everything on that, because it's not that everything everywhere I went, everything was just very good. I had also let people go. I had to decrease salaries sometimes, you know, uh, cut costs, etc. And there were very difficult situations or talk about performance. But bringing this caring part is super crucial. And by the way, I, I was not born with that. I think I have to add it here. Um, when I was leader in student organization. Now it's funny. It was not. I had a nickname of dictator. I would not name which oh. one. And I was oh, wow. really a very bad. Wouldn't even a leader very bad boss. So you can learn, you can develop, you can grow. It's all ahead of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I love that. Uh, thank you for sharing that example of, and making it very like clear that I think sharing that small story that what you were, the way you used to like uh, manage or lead, for example, compared to now is a complete you know 180 it's a complete mindset shifts complete everything so for any managers out there you there are you can improve on whatever you've done or whatever you did you know in uh, in the past um Greta first of all I wanted to say uh thank you so much for coming on the show I have two last questions for you and these are questions that I ask all my guests that I never put in the questions that I send them uh number one is um Looking back, I guess, either professionally or personally, you look back at your life, what are you most proud of for yourself? You mean until until now what happened? What I'm most proud of? Yes. Oh, I think for standing up for my truth, whatever it would be, quitting that job back then or changing my current job to part-time or or standing up in the school when I saw that te what teacher is doing or how she's marking my friends are unfair or or standing up for, I don't know, certain issues of the world. 
I think caring and standing up for my own truth is what I am really proud of. Yeah, no, that's awesome. You know, I think, I think that's you don't want to you want you don't want to try you want to try to I guess go through life and a lot of people I've spoken to have said this with whether no matter what decision you make as long as it resonated with who you felt you are and what your beliefs are and what you think is the right thing to do that is fills you with a lot of pride and also makes you very grateful that you had the ability to do those kind of things as well so I think that's a beautiful thing to be proud of and for my last question what is the message that you'd like everyone to take home with them today remember that happiness lies within you you just need to take a little time and choose to rediscover it within I think that's a fantastic, fantastic way to end the show. And I really love that. Um, and it's a good reminder that, you know, it's not out there that we, a lot of times we think it is. It's actually inside. Uh, that's where you're going to find it. Greta, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. I've been really looking forward to, you know, speaking to you. I knew the topic and just like from our conversations, our back and forth on LinkedIn. Um, uh, I love the content, by the way. We're a big fan. Um, it's been a really, really fun uh, show. I've learned so much from you about happiness. I think so many people can resonate to this as well. Um, before we round off, uh, where can people find you, connect with you if they want to you know, work with you? Just let us know where we can get in touch. Sure. For now, LinkedIn is the best place, Greta Kessa. Or if you want more, let's say less professional version of me and daily life, it's Instagram for sure, where I am. Still a happiness coach, but you know, just a bit more lifestyle things. And I hope soon my website, not yet with name and surname, but I hope so. <laughs> awesome. So guys, if you want to get in touch, check out Greta's Instagram or if you want to connect, connect with her on LinkedIn and the website will be coming soon, which we're, I'm sure we're all excited for. Um, Greta, thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been amazing and just so much fun. Thank you. I had so much fun. Thank you so much. <laughs> Awesome. Guys, to everyone listening, thank you so much. Please check out and follow, subscribe to the podcast all over the place at hope.it.helps. And as always, guys, hope it helps. Peace.